You know, I've met a lot of people in my career who only cared about money, and they end up with uh, with nothing. And there's a lot of people who care about doing a service for anyone, for other people, or creating a product for other people. And those are the people that seem to succeed because at the end of the day, money is just an exchange for a product or a service or something that someone has done to benefit you. So you want to make an impact. You're thinking about starting a business, sharing your voice. How do women do it that handle motherhood, family, and still chase after those dreams? We'll listen each week as we dive into the stories of women who know. This is Call Me CEO. Hey everyone, I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode today. We are listening to Jason McGowan, who is the co-founder and creator of Crumble Cookie, which has arguably the best chocolate chip cookie ever. They change their recipes and menus every week. And we're going to hear about his story, how a couple of young fathers came up with an idea of selling the best cookie and it transformed into a massively successful business. Can't wait for you to hear his story. If you haven't yet, please make sure that you are subscribed so you never miss an episode. And also any rating or review always helps this show to grow and help other entrepreneurs find our show as well. Thank you so much. Welcome back, everyone, to Call Me CEO. This is your host, Camille Walker, and I share stories of mothers building businesses. Now, every once in a while, we get a special visitor, and today is that exception. I have Jason McGowan on the line with us today on the show, and he is the co-owner, co-founder of Crumble Cookie. If you do not know it, you will want to know it because it's one of the sweetest experiences you'll ever have. And what was even more sweet in that experience was being able to meet him in person at the Ernst & Young Award event and conference that he actually won Entrepreneur of the Year, which was absolutely incredible. We were sitting next to each other and he represents Utah. So Paul and I were screaming and jumping. I even filmed some behind the scenes video, but the story of the Crumble company and how it all came together is so inspiring to me. And I am just honored and so excited for you all to hear his story as well. So Jason, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you, Camille, so much for having me. I look forward to kind of visit with you today. Yeah. So this story, I love that there are some connections that I have personally with the roots of your story because you founded it in Logan, Utah. And I think you're a graduate of Utah State. Is that right? That's not, no, my business partner is. Sawyer, Your business Sawyer Hemsley, partner is. Yeah, Sawyer Hemsley is, and he uh, is a true and true Aggie. So he's, uh, he's he, he graduated from there and it was a big part of uh, Utah State. And that's where we did our first location was in uh, Utah, you know, right close to Utah State there in uh, Logan, Utah. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So if anyone is familiar, about half of the listeners that listen to this show are in Utah. Half of them are not. However, those half that know Logan know that they're traditionally known for their ice cream, the Aggie ice cream. It's a a farming town. There's lots of cows. This ice cream is amazing. But I tell you, we were missing a good cookie up there. I actually graduated from Utah State. And I love that that's where you first started and launched the business because that was not necessarily your background or your passion. It's kind of funny how you stumbled into the story of building this business. So please introduce yourself 
how this all came about and how you became the cookie guy, which you never thought you'd wear that title. No, I never thought I'd be called that title my whole <laughs> life. But here we are today, and I love every little bit about it. You know, Crumple started uh, in 2017 with me and my business partner, Sawyer. A again, he was going to, you know, to Utah State, and I was working at a tech company, and um, and we both got together and thought, let's do something fun. And it was really, truly just a side project and something that we were going to do for fun. When we first got started, we uh, got a building, and the building that we got was run down, and it was so run down that it was set to be demolished in six months. And so it tells you how much faith we had in the business back in the day, <laughs> yeah. and really not necessarily faith, but it was just like, it was just kind of an idea, and it was something we were doing for fun. And so, you know, we started this this business and we started buying equipment and all these other things which is kind of backwards in business you should have the product first and then <laughs> buy all the equipment and everything so we did a lot of things backward don't take advice on that part but you know we we got together and we really wanted to do something fun with cookies and uh, we started buying the equipment we started making dough and we realized quickly we had no idea what we were doing so although our family loves treats loves sweets our families bake a lot so in our personally had like little or to no experience in this but one thing we did have is tenacity, hard work, and a desire and a passion just to do whatever was best. And if it was going to have our name on it, we wanted to make it the best. And so originally we were going and we were doing all kinds of things with dough and trying to figure out, like, is this going to work? Is that going to work? Um, and it just kind of was trial and error, trial and error. And I come from the software world. And in the software world, you do something called A-B testing. Now, in the baking world, we call that taste testing, right? So we wanted to taste test our way to the perfect chocolate chip cookie. So rather than be like, hey, what's Sawyer's opinion or what's my opinion of the world's best chocolate chip cookie? What is the customer's opinion of the best chocolate chip cookie? And so that kind of got us on a path of going into random gas stations and grocery stores and talking with family. And what we would do is we take this cookie and these two recipes and we would change out one ingredient and we'd ask a few people, do you like this one more or do you like that one more? And then they would just give us feedback. The biggest blow up we ever had on this whole experience though was when Sawyer and I were fighting about semi-sweet and chocolate chip. <laughs> it is still a battle that rages on today. Uh, those words are, are, are words that we use in our conference rooms today. But yeah, semi-sweet and milk chocolate is the ultimate battle. I always, of course, am a semi-sweet huge fan. Sawyer loves milk chocolate chip. We pulled the audience and everything in that it was, it was a, a, a winner at milk chocolate chip. So that's how we started off. And when we started our first location, we only had one cookie. We actually only had time to do one cookie. And again, the build, there was a time clock in the building because it was said to be demolished. So we like, we got to launch sometime. And so we launched and we had one cookie. It was a chocolate chip cookie. And um, I remember opening the doors. We had an older man with a plaid shirt come in and he's like, I'm here to buy a box of cookies. And he bought a box of four cookies. He handed over some money and I'm like, People are going to pay us for this. We just like made these cookies. This was so exciting. And it was such an exciting time of the company. We opened the doors. And ever since then, we've, you know, had lines at our doors. And it's it's kind of been a roller coaster ever since. But that's kind of the origin story and, and how we got started with Crumble Cookies. That's amazing. I think that it's really interesting that the driving factor was fun. I think that many of yeah. us many entrepreneurs are distractible in that way where we think what's fun what's fun what's that new shiny thing but what's really neat about it is that you were able to really hone in on it and give yourself a timestamp of like let's see if this goes and if it doesn't 
then okay. Like it's not, so you're not so emotionally wrapped up in it. So what, yeah. what, at what point in the journey were you thinking, oh, this is a yes. Like this is, this just went from, this is a fun idea to this could be legitimate and what's happening. Well, that's a great question. We went through kind of stages of emotion, I guess I'll say. So the first one was like, wow, this is, this is, you know, busier than we thought it would be. We either going to make this a, a real business and, you know, do a, do a bigger store and launch another location by me. And so we kind of got to that next phase of like, okay, let's focus hundred percent on this. This could be something that's special, not in the grand scheme of how we have it today, but just something special that, you know, could provide for our families and be something that was great. And so we opened up in Orem, a location in Orem, um, and we started getting a little bit bigger. And then when we did that, um, one of uh, uh, our family members who was originally going to be in on with us in the very beginning was like, wait, this is getting popular. I should have joined <laughs> you earlier. I didn't join you. Please let me join. Yeah. And so that's kind of how the franchising model got started. And we opened up a couple of franchise lo locations. And so once we had a few locations that were franchisable, that were open, and it was open here, the real next fear was, is it going to work outside Utah? I mean, if I had a dollar for every time someone said, this is only a Utah concept, it's never going to work outside of Utah. This is only people in Utah like sweets. If you actually think about it, <laughs> it's actually kind of crazy when you think about that, like only Utahns like sugar, like no. But yeah. anyways, at the time you're just, you know, you have all these fears. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have fears of what if, or is that not going to work? Or I have my name on this. What if this fails? And so you have a lot of those kind of fears naturally as an entrepreneur. And so as we went out, out of the state and did a few more stores, at that point, and watching the sales continue to grow and get bigger as we went to outside the state, there was a feeling inside that was like, okay, we've dabbled, we've opened up some locations for family members. This can now be really, really big. And that really changed our entire mindset of, okay, how do we optimize this business to grow, to scale, and to win over the hearts and minds of the whole entire nation? And that's that moment was when it really decisions we made, how we grew, all those kinds of things started um, filtering for that kind of moment there. Mm. I love that your mission statement is all about bringing friends and family together. I know that that's a big piece of who you are. And even your acceptance speech, I was really impressed by where you gave credit to Heavenly Father and that it was very much just, it's so heartfelt and the purpose behind it isn't just the, the dollar signs, what is it that I, what I wanted to ask you is where were you in, in terms of months and years in that place of doing that? And how have you seen that part of your business grow because of that purpose? Yeah, I think that's everything, Camille. I think at the end of the day, what matters is what you contribute to society and what you do to, with your family and, you know, I, I firmly believe that no big success can compensate for failure in the home either. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's all about bringing people together. It's about bringing family together. We live in times now where everything's a distraction. Everything is contentious. And for me about cookies, it was, you know, it's, it brings people together. It puts smiles on your face. I'll never forget when my daughter came to our first crumble and she came in, I had had other successes in my life, but she came into this crumble and she was like, dad, you own a cookie store? And I remember how it brought my family together and how exciting that was. And that's kind of when we said, okay, we, this, this is so much more. Cookies are great. The flavors are great. The rotating menu is fun. There's a lot of things that we can do. 
But what are we doing at the end of the day? How are we enhancing our birthdays? How are we enhancing, you know, date nights? How are we enhancing bringing families together on the weekend? How are we enhancing friends getting together? How are we enhancing a, a nasty breakup, right? Like all those things, like how are we bringing people together and how are we creating meaningful moments with those who matter most? And I think that is really about core to who we are and kind of our mission of, of that purpose. You know, even at work, we last year we brought, you know, all of our employees and said, we're not going to work on Fridays for the entire summer because we want you to go spend time with your friends and family. We paid them to go on vacations. And these are just all small examples of things that we're trying to do to live and believe in what we're trying to stand for here. And, you know, it's been hard and challenging at times, but um, at the end of the day, by following, you know, those things and bringing people together and um, putting your faith first and your family first and 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 caring about other people first, a lot of these things come to you. You know, I've met a lot of people in my career who only cared about money and they end up with uh, with nothing. And there's a lot of people who care about doing a service for anyone, for other people or creating a product for other people. And those are the people that seem to succeed because at the end of the day, money is just an exchange for a product or a service or something that someone has done to benefit you. And so if you're focused solely on benefiting others or helping others, that stuff just eventually will come. And so for us, that's really kind of what's driven me and motivated me every day to get up and the hard times or, you know, frustrations or when we make mistakes and our franchise partners are frustrated or I make mistakes and my employees get frustrated or same with customers when they get frustrated because we didn't add the right cookie or we changed the recipe, maybe we shouldn't have. So there's there's all these things that happen, but at the end of the day, your core belief and your core of who you are and what you're trying to accomplish is so much more motivating, inspiring, and what drives us all to get up every day and do it all over again. Yeah, I can attest to that. It's been a fun way to connect with people that are in other parts of the country. You know, a friend that's had a baby or someone that's been sick or, you know, different things that come up like that. I think it was a really fun, it's a really fun, innovative, deliverable gift, which I think, yeah, like it really, I don't, I can't think of any other similar to it, maybe edible arrangements or something, but there's something about that warm cookie showing up at your door that is just different. It just, it's different than the fruit does, you know? (laughs) I know. It's like, if you want to send a box of cookies to someone across the nation that's had a rough day, man, that, that will change their day pretty quickly. And it's, Absolutely. Uh, it's pretty fun to watch. I'd love to have you share the story of being up on stage, accepting your award and having Wayne Brady share a very personal experience about your cookies and his experience with them. And for those of you who may not know, he is one of the hosts of it's on Comedy Central, but it's what, sorry, what's the, I can't think of the title of, he does family viewed now or the price is right I think and but he's also done um like those impromptu comedy shows he's done a lot make, of make a deal make a deal make a deal yeah, yeah what's yeah. the one that he does that's impromptu that's um, um whose line is it anyway yes that's the yeah, one yeah, yeah yeah he's hilarious so he's the oh, one he's who's presenting funny. he's the host they paid him a lot of money to be there it was just this big moment you go up on stage and tell us what happens yeah, so I go up on stage and I'm thanking everyone for, you know, just a traditional thank you of, of, of things. And I get and I finish my speech and kind of I, you know, get off, I'm about to get off the stage and Wayne Brady comes up. and He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. But you're the founder of Crumble. 
you were one of the founders who started Crumble. Wait, are you for real? You're the CEO? And he's just started going off. And then everyone on the stage was just kind of laughing. And, um, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, your, your cookies brought us together. And he started to share the story about how him and his daughter kind of were at odds with each other and they were having a hard time in their lives. And he decided to start bringing her Crumble. And it was what bonded them and brought them together to have family conversations and start connecting. And so it brought him close to his daughter where they were having a rough relationship. And so he was so excited. And he's like, can I just get a recording? So he puts up, he puts up his camera and I just tell you know, his daughter how awesome of a daddy is and how great of a person he is and how I'm lucky to know him. And anyways, it was, we, we embraced afterwards and, and, and it reminded me again that moment was actually when I came back even to the to the company after that, I'm like, guys, we are still not getting it. We can even go further. This is what it is about. Like these moments. Yeah, the cookies were good that week. Yes, it was created some memories, but like, what did it actually do? What did it facilitate? That's what's important. And that's what's exciting. And that's what gets mm -hmm. people to want to share these cookies and bring people around uh, together for them. So yeah, I can attest to this. He was legit fangirling over you. It was like it was like meeting a celebrity for him, which was really funny because it you weren't expecting that. It was very, I'm sure no. you were in the moment going, oh, what am I gonna say? You know, just being in your own head. And he was like, wait, 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 wait. Can I get a picture with you? Can we call my daughter? Like it was so, it was just really touching and cute. And I think what he did say was that he now brings those cookies to sets that he's on. He does. And he brings it to work events and different things like that, which is, you know, word of mouth by a celebrity like that. That's the best advertising you could get. So I yeah, just thought that good. that was really special to have such a genuine moment on stage where everything was very much scripted and there was a time to time schedule and everyone was getting this went off script in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah, I'd really love cool. to hear um, with you mentioned there have been hard times in growth, which yeah. of course with business, that's how it goes. Is Are there any stories that you could tell of when things have gone wrong and what you learned from it or something, yeah. you know, yeah. along those lines? I think every business has difficult times and good times and uh, and hopefully you're, you know, you're good outweigh the bad, but we've had some hard times during COVID was a good example. Mm. Uh, supply chain just got decimated. Um, there were strikes on delivery drivers. All kinds of things happened uh, with our supply chain that uh, enabled us to, uh, or required really of us to develop our own supply chain systems, things like that, that will, you know, helped us to make deliveries on time, help them to get the specialty product on time. We have rotating menus. And so our, our, we, our products change every single week. And so it was a really stressful time of, you know, heavy investment on technology to make sure people could come in, order the cookies, get them delivered or get them picked up without, you know, contact with people. Stores were going to get shut down, um, you know, because they couldn't have anyone in their stores. So we had to build all this technology, build supply chain systems. And that was a really painful time in our history. It was actually ended up being one of those things that we were able to turn it around really, really quickly and, and kind of have it succeed. Um, deflation is another one, you know, which drives up cost of cookies. So you're mm. we're constantly fighting to try to keep the cost low for our customers, but you also have inflation and costs um, in our cookies. The primary ingredient in our cookies is butter. So all of our ingredients are fresh. They're real butter. We use eggs. We crack the eggs. So you have all these commodities and commodities and prices change and fluctuate constantly. But as inflation increases and these things happen, some of these core ingredients uh, make it really hard, near impossible to, uh, you know, not make sure 
that the the price of the cookies are, are economical not only for our customers but also our franchise partners so there's been those times um and you know and also when the economy's down and people have less money to spend figuring out how to attract customers for those reasonable prices and all those things have just been kind of a, a matrix of difficult times and decisions that have to be made and um and those are the kind of the, the the times that we've kind of been through that have hard you know it's it's we're we're six years we're in our sixth year but it feels like we're on 20 or something you know we've we've got 900 plus locations we're all over the country and um you know we're we're doing a billion plus in sales and so it's it's grown really really fast but i feel like the challenges are just coming just as fast mm. um, as as does all the success so you know, a lot of times you see successful companies, you see all this growth. Of course, there's challenges behind the scenes. Even for a company that's been successful and fast like ours, there's challenges there and there's things that we ha constantly have to work on and systems that we have to put into place to be better with our franchise partner, create better relationships, listen better, listen to our customers better. But it's been fun. It's been a total blast. And watching people create those meaningful moments, creating the next fun cookie masterpiece or, you know, working with your team on leadership and um, having grit and hard work to solve difficult problems. All those things have been challenging, but man, they sure have been fun. And it's been exciting to work with, with others and, and to help others be successful. So in addition to, you know, bringing people together, you know, helping our franchisees be successful and helping them uh, make uh, money for their families and that sort of thing has been a huge passion and an exciting thing that I love too as well. And you know, when economic times where these things hit and that strains those things, man, it's it's heavy and it's hard, but it's exciting to to come up with new challenge these challenges to figure out what we can do to help make them successful. So I'm just grateful for it, I'm grateful for all those experiences and those hard times, but they refine you, they make you better, uh, they make you have a few more gray hairs than I probably would have if I didn't start <laughs> the business. But it's fun. Yeah, I can't believe it's only been six years. I mean, I I, I can, but I'm also, it's interesting because that market, I swear you were first to market and then a bunch of competitors popped up too because it was so successful. If you're not in Utah, they call it the cookie wars, which <laughs> is interesting. Has that been, well, I mean, what is that like? I literally, I don't know very much about it, but I did see a headline of something like cookie wars in Utah and <laughs> it's a thing. And I, yeah. what is that like? It's the second round we call of Cookie Roars. There was an original Cookie Roars where we have competitors um, um, brewing up when we first got the business started. Uh, a lot of them ended up going out of business. Um, and then we've kind of got this second round where an emergence of other people have seen the success and tried to compete in th those things as well. Um, but we welcome competition because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the competitors make you better. They refine you. It helps um, you know with customers to make sure you have better products, better services. And so... You know, challenges like that and the cookie wars or whatever, those are things that help us um, refine us to make us better. Um, and to ultimately, at the end of the day, we've got to create the world's best cookies and we've got to bring people together. And so anyone else that helps refine that and make it better for us, we're, we welcome it. We're excited for it. And uh, we couldn't be more thrilled. Yeah, you're awesome. That's such a good way to respond to that. I love it. Now, I do interview mothers, and you are a father. Tell us about your kids and how many you have. You have an amazing, supportive wife. She is lovely. She's a runner that runs all over the world. She's incredible, and I know that you support her in that. How do you balance all of the things? And not to mention, your, I know you have a large church 
calling as well. There's there's a lot going on. So I'd love to hear your perspective because I I talked to a lot of moms about this, but I'd love to hear your your perspective as a dad. Sure. Yeah. So I've got a, a family of seven. Um, uh, so you know, lots of kids, and they're wonderful. Um, the oldest is fourteen. The youngest is four. So they're all close together. No twins. And uh, wow. so it's a handful. It's a handful at home. And I've got a phenomenal wife and who's super talented, not only whether it's with music or with education and with just being a kind, loving, wicked smart person. And so it does make it easier. I've got a little bit of a cheat code. I'm not going to lie. When you marry <laughs> someone like Whitney, you, you get a cheat code in life to be able to, to handle all the amazing things at home. And yeah, I've got a, a, a church calling that, you know, my church, it's a lay ministry. And so we all volunteer um, our church hours. And so it's a volunteer job that I have to to work with a congregation and those kinds of things. But that also is thrilling and also allows me to work with people and serve people and help bring people closer to Christ and, and help people, um, you know, um, help other people. So that that that's rewarding of itself. And there is a lot going on with uh, being, a, you know, a company and church callings and big family. But I think one of the secrets that I've learned um, in how to successfully deal with lots of things in your life is to focus on what's in front of you and to focus on the moment that you're in. So when I'm with my family, I'm focused on my family. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about my, my calling at church. And uh, I'm just focused on how can I make my wife feel supported and loved? How can I spend the time with my kids to help them learn, to make them laugh, to make them fly and, and uh, develop all the talents and abilities that they want and be their biggest cheerleader as a dad and, you know, take them on daddy daughter dates and do all those other different things and the dad and son dates and, and, and that sort of thing, you know, that, that for me is just focus on that. And then when I'm in my church calling, I'm focused on, on, you know, helping others and, um, you know, working with people and loving people and helping people serve other people and, visiting people that are in need or that are sick or 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 those that uh, maybe are having a hard day. And I just focus completely on that. I'm not thinking about my family or about my work. And when I'm at my work, I'm laser focused on, you know, all the challenges in front of us and what we can do to, to, to you know, grow um, our store uh, sales and how to make them more profits and how to bring customers better cookies. And I just focus. So, for me, what has been most helpful is when I'm at where I'm at is to just focus. And if you feel like one area is slipping over the other, you've got to let the other two know that I need a little bit more time on this one. And so it's not always a third, a third, and third of my time. It's um, it's whatever needs focus. Like right now, Crumble is uh, a lot of my focus. And so it gets a little bit more time and, and our family is supportive and my calling is supportive and those things. And if my family needs more time, then that's the most important, then I would focus on that. So for me, it's overall focus with what you have, learn to balance with those things that, that need more time and forget about those other things when you're focused on those things. That's what's helped me. I'm open to other ideas. I'm sure there's probably other ideas and better that are out there that I would love to learn from, but that so far is what's helped me. Yeah. I mean, if you can laser focus like that, I think that that is a very great skill. I don't know that that's something that everyone can do. So the fact that you can do that is incredible. I think that that really shows that you devote, you're really present and truly there to be able to manage all those things. That's really awesome. If you had a, a direction for the future of Crumble, what does that look like? 
is there, do you have like a eye in the sky? I mean, maybe more, obviously more locations, I would guess, but at this point it's growing so quickly as a tech person. I'm curious if you're, if you lean to the tech, cause that's what you love and that's your background or mm -hmm. what are your ambitions there? Yeah. So I think technology is definitely something big. Um, for us, it's not just about locations. I think we've got to the point where we've gone across America. We've captured the hearts and minds. For us, it's not just about that. It's about how do we grow um, the sales in the stores that we have in the United States? How do we how do we introduce new things? How do we continue to make the customer journey and experience even more exciting? Um, there is a new uh, product coming out in a few weeks. We will be doing our first non-cookie product um, nationwide rollout here in a few weeks, for example. So it's like something sweet. Everyone thinks it was savory, but it's not. We've done tests with savory and done all these tests, but it's something that's a, a sweet product and we're going to be trying all kinds of things. And so if that works really well, that will open the doors to all kinds of fun possibilities. Um, but uh, things like that. So so offering more products, um, um, having customers have fun experiences at Crumble and really growing the uh, volume of sales that we have at the stores that we have now. And then, of course, in addition to that is growing um, for our, as far as our store growth is all international, uh, whether it's in Canada or, or the UK or other parts of, of the world. We want to bring that same mission and that vision of bringing people together um, all across the globe. So, so that's kind of where we are and that's kind of where our vision is and set for, for the future of Crumble. Oh, well, what's the date? Because I think by the time this comes out, it might be that time. So you're just going to have to go check it out. Yes, it'll be a couple of weeks from now. So I don't know the exact end date. of January, early February is the guess. We're just going to say that. Yes, I think it's uh, it's two Mondays from this previous Monday. So I don't know. If that's, <laughs> or not. that's your last I meeting. It's in your head. really well. They're all blending together. Yeah, it's fine. You know, it's they're fine. all blending together. It's, by the time this has come out, my guess is you could figure it out. I have a Thanks. guess. And I wonder if I'm going to be right. I kind of want to make your prediction. You can make a prediction, but I won't say a word. No, don't say. I think okay. it would be brownies is my guess. That's all. I'm just going to say. That's okay. what I think. Okay. Um, One of your products that I love that is a non-cookie product, kind of, is your cookie cutter that you have that oh, yeah. divides it into four. I love that thing. Oh, and they we sell have, it. Yeah. So, we had, One of our employees actually just came to me one day and was like, Jason, I got an idea. I'm like, okay, fine. No you know, so she kind of brought it onto my desk, plopped it on there, and I was like, this is amazing. So then we just started making them. So, dude, like another testament. Some of your best ideas come. Yeah, she's yeah, awesome. She needs to market that. That's really cool. No, that's yeah. one of those products that, like, Chick fil A has this kids' mat that's mm -hmm. you can like put out and it sticks to their surface. No one sells that. And I keep saying that's another invention someone needs to trademark. You heard it, it here, okay? Oh, we love Chick-fil-A, yeah, <laughs> love it. Well, that's really cool. Okay, so for entrepreneurs who are listening, who are just starting out and feeling like it's too hard and the pressures, whether it's the price or the facility or whatever is going on, what is some advice that you would give to them for people who are just starting or maybe are in the in that slump of you losing that initial fire? Yeah, so I think, um, first of all, if you're just getting started and you're stuck in decision paralysis and you're just like, what should I do? What, just get started. Just remember my story. Like, you just got to get started. I think some of the best entrepreneurs just do something, right, and refine things along the way. You learn from your customers. You learn from your, your crew member or you learn from employees. You learn from franchise partners, in my case, and then you continue to, to grow from there. So just get started, I think, is advice number one and, and move forward. 
Um, if you're if you're struggling uh, with you know getting stuck or not being exactly where you at where you're at, one thing as I can say is you'll still be stressed, you'll still be struggling, you'll still be worried, you'll still have lots of successes and excitements. That will happen no matter what stage you're at the company. It doesn't matter your revenues. And so if I was to look back and I was to give myself advice, it would be enjoy the journey. And that may sound crazy, but I've been through some companies that haven't succeeded and you know it's devastating. You tie your life's work into it. And sometimes, sometimes these these entrepreneurs tie their worth into it too as well, who they are and like, am I successful as a person or am I not? And I think it's important to remember that if you enjoy the journey and you you love learning and you remember like to have fun during it, even some of those failures, when I look back, are some of my favorite times, like with coworkers I worked with or experiences I've had. And so don't be too hasty to not celebrate, to enjoy the journey and to move forward. You know, as an entrepreneur, as CEO, I'm always looking at all the, what is the, what are the fires I need to put out today? Where's the vision of where I need to go to tomorrow? So it's always like future, 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 problem fix, problem fix, problem fix. And for me, you know, sitting down and enjoying the journey or, you know, maybe keeping a journal of all the fun experiences or moments that you've had or people that have influenced you. Um, I think you can't go wrong. You can't fail in entrepreneurship if you are learning to enjoy the journey and enjoying the people that are around you that are helping you um, get around that journey. I think that would be the one kind of kind of message that I have. And if you do that, then all of a sudden, the difficult times are like, what can I learn here? Not why am I not higher sales or why am I not? Those are things you still need to do to get out of where you are and to succeed. But also just like, what can I learn from this? What's, what's good experience can I have from this? What kind of fun can I have from this? A lot of my successes in Crumble have been learnings from failures and other concepts or other things that I've worked on and also learnings from successes I've had before. So, so take those things with you. Those things are, are last forever throughout your whole life and don't ruin the opportunity to learn. Yeah, no, no experience is wasted, right? It's either a lesson, a failure is just a lesson. It's, yeah. it's falling forward. I love that. Okay, so one question I've been asking every guest that has come on the show in 2024 is three things that you love right now that you're reading, you're watching, or you're listening to. And it doesn't have to be currently at the moment. It can be, it could be a favorite just of your life or you know whatever you first comes to mind. I think the first thing that comes to mind is is AI. I mean, I mean, it's it's a little cliche, but the whole world and how it's shaped over the next you know decades to come is going to be totally influenced by AI, and it's fun to see. I think everyone has their guesses and their ideas, but you don't know. You can't predict the future, and um, but how that influences uh, and how society responds to that with work and with um, how they live, um, the amount of abundance that people are going to have because of AI and all those things it, that contemplating that and thinking through, you know, uh, all that is, is really, really exciting to me. So I think that's one of the, the things that's, um, so you're reading articles on that. Is that what you're, yeah, yeah just news articles or following, yeah. you know, on social media platforms, you follow a lot of AI, you know, specialists or people that are building it, um, and also just using it myself and mm -hmm. uh, and that sort of thing. So and building tools around that is is just really fascinating to kind of um, you know think about. 
One thing I I'm love- sure your techie mind is just exploding with possibilities because yes. anytime I talk to someone new about it, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, it can do that too. Or, oh, mm-hmm. I hadn't heard th- heard about that. Or it's just limitless, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading a book. I'm reading a book called Sam Walton Made in America, and it's about Sam Walton's story of how he created Walmart. And uh, Ooh, I've well, heard that's and, a good one. Oh, it's such a good book. And you're just like the things that happened to him in entrepreneurship, like early on. I'm thinking like what happened in Walmart's history in the first five years compared to my history. Like we have nothing to complain about, and only future possibilities, right? Mm. Because he had so many, you know, devastating things happen with his lease and his landlords, and uh, you know his fires and all kinds of different things that really kind of shaped his story. But so that, that's been kind of some, some fun things I've been learning and reading. And I love autobiographies and learning about other successful entrepreneurs and the journeys that they've been on. Me too. That's one of my favorite types. Have you read Shoe Dog? Uh, I have not read Shoe Dog. Uh, I have not read that. No. Oh, it's so good. It's the story of Nike for anyone listening who hasn't read or listened to that one. It is amazing, and it's also narrated by the CEO. And so oh, cool. it's really cool that you get to hear his interpretation of events and, you know, the way that they speak about things, the way it's written. I think it really, tone comes into play. So if you can listen to it, I think it's one worthy of listening to. That's one of my awesome. favorites. I do love the story. I know it really well, actually, but I have not read the book. But, yeah, I love the brand Nike. I love what they stand for. I love how they stand up for athletes and Oh, I, I love, I love, um, I love Nike. Very cool. Okay. One more. I said three. Do you want to okay. stop at two? You no, got you one can, more. You, hey, it's your, your show, Camille. It's I'm my show. Here. Give me another I'm one. Enjoying the, I'm enjoying <laughs> the ride. I'm just glad to be here with you. Ah, <laughs> oh, thanks. Okay. So give us one more. <laughs> I think the other thing that um, I'm really just kind of thinking about is how much of an influence we have as parents on our kids and, and others. And, you know, I've given, I've been thinking a lot lately about how a lot of parents, and again, maybe I'm doing this wrong, but uh, they're focusing on just when they teach their kids, they're thinking about their kids becoming like them or all the things that they have. I've been really thinking a lot about and pondering a lot about about how to help my kids reach their potential. Mm. And, and, you know, whether this is employees at work or whatever as well, but how do I help my kids reach their potential? And how do I, not necessarily with what I want to do, and it doesn't matter whether they become a, a garbage man or, or whether they become, you know, just any job that they want to do or anything that they're passionate in life about, how do I give them the confidence that they need? I feel like the world is so full of, of negativity and people just usurping confidence all over the place. And so I want my girls and my 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 boys to go into the world full of confidence and optimism and hope. And so, yes, we got to teach them education. Yes, we got to teach them all those different things and being good members of society. But I also think about how do we teach them in a world where everything is bad and everything is negative from other people's perspective to have optimism, to have hope, to have faith, to have excitement to um, you know, say no. Um, we've, we've been doing a, a no sugar challenge in the McGowan house driven by one of my kids. And they said, yeah, dad, I want to stay away from sugar. I'm like, okay, I'll join you on that this year. And it was just really interesting them learning to be in a group of all their friends and watching them um, say, no, I don't want to do that. Learning the, to have that willpower to say, 
I can think different. I can do different. I don't have to follow the crowd, and I want to achieve my potential. It's just kind of been inspiring in, in, to me. So I've been thinking a lot lately about what's my role in that. How can I help my kids um, reach their full potential? And um, that that's really been on the top of my mind lately too. Is dad? Mm, I like that. It's so interesting, as you know, having seven children. I have four. And my husband and I were just talking last night about how different each of them are. And especially yes. as they get into their teen years, how you really try to follow their lead of the way they communicate and what where they are still maybe falling falling short, but also how to explore and encourage their strength. You know, of I actually heard a quote once, something that said, if you have a student that is a C math student, but an amazing athlete, you hire an athletic trainer, you don't hire a math tutor. And yeah. I thought that's really interesting because it's kind of that flipping the script of letting them lead that, that passion. And um, not that you don't want them to thrive and do well in school, but how do you lean into their strengths and how do you make it about them? And I interviewed a woman last year who interviewed a hundred entrepreneurs and their parents. And it was successful people. And she included athletes in that as well. So it was anyone that was really exceptional in their field that they chose. What support did that child have? And how did the parents support that journey? I'll send you the link for that. I think you would enjoy it. But one thing that she said was that the parents really allowed the child to lead and direct and that they heard from their parents a lot that you can do anything you set your mind to and that it was yeah. just a very consistent support and love and being there through all of it. So just the mindfulness that you're there and you're available and willing and thinking about that shows that you will have success in that. I think that that's something we all as parents are navigating every single day. So I love that you brought that up because it really is. It, every single person is so unique and different and trying to when I talk to my kids, I tell them I'm a new parent to a 15 year old boy. I've never been a parent to a 15 year old boy. You're new at being 15. Let's figure this out together, you know, and just having that open communication and every single kid is so different. Every stage they go through, you're a different parent than you were a year ago and they're a different yeah. kid. And so I think that that is just, it's a lot to think about. Yeah. And it, it takes more time to not just do some of those things yourself, but to, instead of be the encourager or the support, you know, like having my kids learn how to cook and make food, even at a young age, like mm. they, they know how to do those things. They know how to cook and, and bake. And, uh, they know how to, you know, my daughter knows business, business things and all these things that they know, um, they're just self doing it. I'm just there. How can I support you? Or how can I be patient and not just do it myself, but let you do those, those different things. I think the biggest tool for me um, has been just encouragement. You know, if you want your kids to have that sense of accomplishing the impossible or taking on hard tasks or that, those kinds of things, for me, it's been, man, what happens when I encourage my son, you know, when he does something right? I think we all can sometimes be really good at criticizing or teaching when they're not doing something right. Yes. I think that's more the natural you know, inclination to do. A lot of times it's not effective. It, it doesn't create that confidence. It actually destroys a lot of things. But for me, you know, you take some incredible patience to like, okay, this thing happened. 
don't criticize, you know, teach, coach. But maybe I do that at a different moment. Maybe I remember and I think, okay, when I'm tucking my kid at night, I want to sit down and talk to him and say, hey, I noticed this the other day. Tell me what you're thinking or what you're feeling. Or when they do something right, just like shouting from the rooftops, like, mm. holy cow, you made eggs this morning? Where'd you even learn how to do that? And <laughs> watching their face and their encouragement and what kind of confidence it gives them is um, super exciting as a dad. I think that encouragement is powerful. Um, mm -hmm. And it's probably powerful for, for not just work or not just family, but for work and for for all kinds of different things um, that you want to do in your life. But, yeah, I think negativity abounds. So if we can focus yeah. on the positivity and what we can do to pour into someone, there's actually a book that I love reading with my kids um, and it's called is your bucket full or so I'm like, I am ruining this, but it's no, all about, do you know what I'm talking about? The mm -hmm. the bucket and it goes through, it follows a kid's day and it talks about how when negative things happen, it's like we're pouring water out of that bucket. When good things happen, water goes back in. But what's really cool about the book is within it, it shows a bucket above each person's head, not just the kids, but also the adults in this scenario and how even the dog has a bucket. And that we we have a choice as to whether we're going to fill someone's bucket or whether we're going to be part of taking their water away out of that bucket. And I can find the link. We'll sit, we'll link to that as well. Are you familiar with that book? I'm not. No. Okay. Well, you might like it. It's a really it's a really cute book, and I think it's it's very visual in you know imagining what we're giving and what what we're taking away in our daily interactions. So, cool. It's a good one. Well, awesome. This has been so great. I'm so, our conversation has been so enlightening and inspiring. I love your, your positivity and your tenacity. My gosh, you're doing so many incredible things and I can't wait to see what happens with Crumble next. Neither can I. I'm so excited. And Camille, thanks for inviting me on today to have me be a part of your show. And, uh, I just wish you all the success with this podcast or anything else you choose to do in life. So Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. And please tell our audience where they can support you and check out Crumble and we'll make sure to link to everything below. Sure. You can just follow us on all social handles of Crumble Cookies uh, or go to crumblecookies.com. Awesome. Well, okay. great. Well, thank you for being on the show and everyone listening. We will see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you are subscribed. Leaving a comment and review will help us every single time to help other entrepreneurs to be inspired by these episodes. I'm so grateful for you. If you would like coaching or you're looking for a virtual assistant, I help with both of those things. You can reach out to me at CamilleWalker.co. My email is Camille at CamilleWalker.co. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Hey, CEOs, thank you so much for spending your time with me. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, please let me know in a comment and a five-star review. You could have the chance of being a featured review on an upcoming episode. Continue the conversation on Instagram at Call Me CEO Podcast. And remember, you are the boss.